In the year 2021, a film was released about the life of Jim and Tammy Baker. That was Through the Eyes of Tammy Faye. And this is Godfellas! Saddle up with Mickey and me As we head on an adventure in Odyssey We'll focus on the family with a veggie tail Godfellas, the Christian podcast that has not seen a single episode of The 700 Club, like, ever. We've not seen it. I'm Miss Hannah. I'm Mr. Zach. And today is, we're, we're, I, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about a movie that, like, you might have seen, listening audience. (laughs) This is something I'm very, very excited to talk about. This was my favorite movie of 2021. and. Something I think that is a big part of, I would say, Christianity in America, especially over the last couple of decades, still prevalent today. We'll be talking about the eyes of Tammy Faye, um, exploring the life of Jim and Tammy Faye Baker, their ministry, their work in Christian televangelism, and all of the scandalous stuff in between. But before we get into that, uh, folks, we have a very, a very, very special guest with us today. He is an incredible songwriter, a wonderful person, um, just an all-around great guy. He's he's really written some great songs. He's a great uh, collaborator, and uh, honestly, one of my like top two worship leaders. It's like him and Marty Michaels are tied for first. I don't know who it is, but uh, I love them both. And I'm so happy that we were able to finally get him on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up, even if you're driving, for Mr. Eric Himes. Hello. Hello, everyone. <laughs> it's good to be with you. I'm yes. in Chicago, Illinois. It's two degrees. It's uh, mm. probably pretty cold where you are as well. This reads 30, so you're, you definitely got to speed. I come out with the heat talking about the weather immediately. That's, I just turned 40, so that's what happened. It's the Windy City, so it's like especially bad there. It is, it is windy. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, it is. But yeah, grateful to be with you. Yes, yes, and we're so happy to have you. Uh, quick story, I have known... Eric's voice since I was a middle schooler because he's on an album called um, what is it? The the Red Songbook Sessions? Red Book Sessions. The Red Book Sessions. And my sister saw Eric's band play when she was uh, at the Urbana Conference and uh, she bought the CD and my parents loved it and we had to listen to it at the dinner table like every night for a year and I was like, this is an under oath. Turn this off. <laughs> but then, like, when I heard the weaker they ends for the first time, I was like, this kind of sounds like that that Red Book <laughs> album that we used to listen to. Uh, and then I met Eric a couple years ago, 2019, at a, uh, a conference in Atlanta. And Eric was leading worship. I'll never forget it. And he had on a childish Gambino shirt. And I was like, nice. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. my guy. <laughs> totally. So, Eric, you 
you are a songwriter, as I've said multiple times, and the church has, you know, a long, extensive, expansive history with music. This movie, um, it it deals a lot with specifically Christian music. So, Mm. you know, as a creator, why do you think it's important for us to have new songs in the church? Ooh, good question. Um, Yeah, I think it's, I mean, you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a Christian theist, so the Bible is very important to me, um, and, and the Bible commands like over and over, you know, sing a new song to the Lord. So that's just a and like a natural expression from a, from a relationship we have with God. And it's crazy. I mean, when you think about it, that you know, God is the creator of everything, everything we've ever seen. He's had a hand in. Um, he like. He also loves us creating things. He loves us participating in that those acts and whether whatever art it is or whatever interest it is or any time we can create something or build something or put something together, there's something sacred in in that. So even this podcast is a sacred thing of creation where it's like we're kind of in step with a God who wants to draw out ideas from people and make community with people and, and connect with people. And that's you know the goal of all art, um, regardless of if it has a Christian label on it or not but the, the the aim of art is to to connect people and to to say something in communities which is awesome thing so yeah that god invites us to do that in the church is is really cool and that the church even still appreciates that to some extent is also a, a, a sweet <laughs> thing as well um but yeah i kind of fell into it uh songwriting i didn't see myself as a musician or a singer or a songwriter but when i kind of had my like adult conversion into faith <laughs> um, it, it was something that when God was like kind of dealing with a lot of junk in my heart and brokenness and rebellion and all this kind of stuff, and he was pulling out these really toxic things, he also like was putting putting things into me, and he was he was inspiring. I think is probably a better way to say it. But he was inspiring uh, songs and and ways to kind of ex- explain uh, my love for him and his love for us and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, being a songwriter is just a small part of, of connecting people together and expressing our experience uh, with God. So, just out of curiosity, what are you uh, what are you listening to right now, or what? And I don't know if that would include, but what are some worship songs that you're really uh, digging digging right now? Yeah, good question. I so I will say I'm not a uh, <laughs> no like I'm not like a radio Christian radio guy really. Um, Same. Yeah, and I have like, and, and for those people that are, are blessed and touched with that, I think that's fantastic. Um, but yeah, that's not really, so like my, like, especially my like worship stuff that I, I, uh, resonates with me is kind of more outskirts, but like, I love, um, the, the band, the sing team, they're from Seattle. Yeah. Uh, they, they were part of Mars Hill, before, you know, and somehow came through that and God still uses, uh, there are to reach me and a whole there's a lot of great bands that came out of that from seattle citizens i love citizens yes um, my like og og like favorite worship leader like is actually sarah groves mm-hmm. i think she's incredible yeah um so like those are the those are kind of the voices that like have been speaking to me for a long time um but but recently a guy named paul zach he's from the east and he eastern part of the united states um, and he is a, um, a just a really uh, simple songwriter, hymns, guitar, 
Um, but but I love his stuff. It really has ministered to me. It has really reached me in this pandemic. His his hymns and all that. But I love like like I'm digging the new Pedro the Lion album. I've always loved David Bazan his stuff. Um, but yeah, like in terms of like non-church music, like my the last ten years have been. It, it's weird for me as like a forty-year-old white man in the suburbs you know <laughs> in a christian context but like it is it is hip-hop has been like something that i saw in the culture everywhere and i ne- i didn't dislike hip-hop ever but i i didn't understand it and it was one of those things where i just like sat down and like i'm going to listen to this this one specific album until it makes sense to me and then like it immediately it and there's chance the rappers a magnificent coloring book and that like opens me up to tons of stuff um and big childish gambino fan like you said big kendrick lamar fan i i like kanye he's super problematic <laughs> but, but like there's enough there's enough truth like inspired truth in there that it's like i don't know what you're doing but you are like the most challenging artist popular <laughs> artist of the day yeah. and there's something there that's resonating even though you it feels like he goes so far out of his way to cancel it all, you know, and yet there's something that I, <laughs> something yeah. there. It's 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 wild, um, mm-hmm. but yeah. Recently, like in terms of, I, I like uh, I'm a big Beatles fan, a huge Beatles fan. All the Get Back stuff is like really brought me back to that and the solo s- stuff. Of it's a longer answer than you than you probably want, but just George Harrison <laughs> has always been my solo Beatle, mm-hmm. but now McCartney. Like I've gone deep in the McCartney catalog which I never really gave a chance and I really love um, now. And then um, there's a rapper named Little Sim. She's a British rapper um, uh, and her album's called Sometimes It Might Be Extrovert. And uh, like, that's really inspiring to me and story. Um, so I don't know, that's long-winded, but yeah. <laughs> and speaking of long-winded, <laughs> let's get into this episode. So I guess initially, just to start, did we know anything about the Bakers or PTL or I guess general televangelism before watching the film? No. (laughs) Um, I remember when you were like, do you want to go see The Eyes of Tammy Faye? And I was like, who? And then you were like, it's got Jessica Chastain and Andrew Garfield and the guy who directed The Big Sick did it. I was like, yeah, Michael okay. Walter. Yeah, I was like, I'm in, sure. Um, but I had no idea. And I also didn't watch a trailer before, you know, before seeing the movie. So I had no idea what it was about. Had never heard of Tammy Faye. It's funny. I always say, like, I feel underqualified to host the show because I'd never heard of the seven. My parents were not like they love like Amy Grant and stuff like that but they never really got into like you know PTL or the 700 club or whatever that just wasn't in the household um my parents even though they're you know I say even though they're pastors but they're big into like theology and you know reading the bible correctly so a lot of the prosperity gospel and stuff they were from a young age they were pretty much like stay away from that so I feel like uh, yeah, it just wasn't in the, it wasn't something that we had in the household. So 
I had absolutely no idea who any of these people were, except for Pat Robinson, be, Pat Robin, Pat Robertson, Robinson. because of the uh, <laughs> the Michael Gunger song, uh, White Man, where it says that God even loves him. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> Eric, what was uh, your knowledge on all of these things? So, so I'm older. So, but like, so I, <laughs> as a child, I was, I was tracking like a, as a child would you know, news reports with a woman with, you know, very heavy makeup crying. And I did, you know, as a child, watch sketches on SNL where they were making fun of her and all that kind of stuff. So I had uh, definitely uh, like a cartoonish, like like a parody uh, awareness of a Christian televangelist. And, and I really didn't, uh, you know, knew the whole story of their the money stuff and the fraud and the i didn't know the, the i don't know if the spoiler alert for the people who haven't seen the movie but like the struggle with substances i didn't know that but i knew yeah. that they they became super huge and then lost it all and then she she which i think is i really appreciate the movie but like she was a punchline in as a when i was experienced as a child where he wasn't and mm. it was like now seeing the movie and I really love like Jessica Chastain's portrayal of her because she could have made her, she could have made it the righteous gemstones and made her continue that parody, you know, the, yeah, and just not make her redeeming at all. But I feel like it was very charitable and sweet and winsome in her, in her faith. And he was the one who um, was the, was the punchline actually um in a sense but yeah so i so i have uh, a little bit of awareness but then like then i went down a big rabbit hole today about some you know old youtube videos of them and and even there i watched a i'm like kind of fascinated by like abandoned places and so oh, their yeah. um their big like amusement park that they had i watched like a 40 minute video of a guy going through there a year ago you know yeah <laughs> and like kind of recreate as a child we went there and it looked like this and like that was the third largest amusement park in the world at the time it was disney world disneyland and then that place which is wild that is wild i had no idea because yeah. like i feel like when i saw it in the film i was like oh i didn't realize this was a part of this okay so i guess where i'm coming from <laughs> i feel like i'm a good <laughs> middle ground well to you know just be honest i heard first about tammy faye baker on rupaul's drag race i am a big reality tv fan i have to just bear my shame in that um but <laughs> I, I, so I knew a little bit about her. I didn't know anything about Jim and I knew about Pat Robertson and I knew about Jerry Falwell, but I remember as a kid, um, when Freeform used to be ABC family, I would get so excited to watch. If any, if anyone gets this reference, I'd be so excited to watch eight simple rules. So I'd get up and go watch eight simple rules, but the 700 club would always be on. And I would get so frustrated because I was like, this seems so boring. Who wants to watch this? <laughs> so, um, I had a little, uh, <laughs> conviction moment watching the movie and now realizing where this all fits in and, um, <laughs> recognizing even today, how it's still airing on quite a few networks, right. which is in a, yeah didn't expect that or you know the impact that i guess it has still today yeah friend of the show mitch dupree he was like i'm house sitting for someone and i turned on their tv and the first thing that showed up was veggie tales on like the ptl network and <laughs> and, and my buddy was like keep watching 700 club will probably be on soon yeah so. <laughs> 
crazy, and I was like, yeah. that's still going on. Like I, again, I have, and that was the other thing. Like even watching this movie, it felt like a movie when I saw it in the theater that had been out for like years, mm-hmm. you know, like it felt like it, it felt like a movie we would watch in history class, but I don't mean that in a negative way. It felt like, you know, cause usually they'd put on like Forrest Gump and you'd be like, all right, like hurry up. But, <laughs> but this, or, or like miracle or something like that. But this right. one I feel would be like a, Oh, that one was, that was one of the good ones actually. Like, like when they right. put on glory, you know, yeah. this is more like right. glory. Right. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I get that. So I guess just diving right in to the actual plot. Yeah. Let's just focus right now on from when we first see Tammy Faye as a child up until when she and Jim are getting ready. They've they've been married. They're getting ready to start their ministry on the road together. What did we think of this first portion of the movie? We see Tammy um, and her family dynamic, what her relationship with her mom is like, her relationship with church, any thoughts that or anything that really stuck out to you in this first portion of the film? It was sweet. I think that, you know, like her, her, I mean, it was a challenging story right away that her mother was only allowed to be in church because she could play the piano Mm. and that her daughter was scorned because it was a reminder that she was born out of wedlock and that it it showed the earnestness of Tammy that she really wanted to belong to something and have an actual relationship with God. But it's the fundamentalism uh, ver- version of Christianity that had no space for her, or actually, it's uh, charismatic uh, Pentecostalism, <laughs> similar, but there's a distinction. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was interesting that she kind of, you see this theme kind of throughout the movie that Tammy wants to belong to something and have her voice heard, and she's willing to put herself out there so even to make that happen. So even as a child, to like disobey her mother wander into that church service and then actually have a Holy Spirit, you know, speaking in tongues, miracle, wedding your pants, miracle, yeah. <laughs> which is so funny. Right. It's a miracle. She beat her pants, you know, whatever. Yeah, I, don't was- <laughs> <laughs> I thought it showed her earnestness, um, but also being kind of discipled or influenced in that culture right off the bat. It's just like, this is, this is a person that has broken your mother. Um, this is a system, sorry, excuse me, or a culture that's broken your mother. And now, now you're swimming in, in that, in that culture. So how is that going to work for you? Well, yeah, I I mean, I think that there's, and there's maybe something compelling, you know, about, but just how volume can be so attractive to people. Like, you know, she kind of looks in and it's a big, loud, you know, lively, for lack of a better term, like bumping room. <laughs> and as a kid, there's a sense of like, well, yeah, I'd, I'd rather be there, you know, in this place where I can't be. And it's, it's interesting. I think about, and I think about this a lot, why kids accept Jesus into their hearts. Cause you, we've all been to the, the, the service where it's like, and now we're going to have, you know, like, do you want Jesus to come to your heart? And there's always a sense of like, you know, I don't remember what that was like for me as a child. And and I don't know like where their minds are at, but I think in this movie to see her do that of her own prompting was really, I don't know. It was, it was interesting. Yeah. I appreciate that the beginning in my mind kind of has two conflicting themes that they have to set up. Yeah. But um, (laughs) because I think growing up, 
I didn't necessarily think that any sort of <laughs> very open expression of worship was something that was around during the, this time period. So I think seeing the representation of a charismatic church in the 50s in Minnesota, I think that's where they are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was changing. To, I, I, I had no idea. So I think to have that, you know, knowledge kind of now, I think it changes things for me. But I think also I like that we saw at the beginning um, still that there was exclusion, that, you know, it right. was controversial for Tammy to be there or for her mom to be there, that there was this conflict um, between them and the church and between both of them in their own relationship. I like that we saw kind of both both of those things from the beginning, because I think they both play a really big part in, I mean, yeah, Tammy's story as a whole. I love social work, social sociology, all of that, like social stuff. I love like dissecting everything and overanalyzing everything. So I like just reading everything from the beginning and seeing how that affects things later. Like that they, you hear battle hymn of the Republic at the beginning (laughs) and it's the last song you hear in the film. Like I love that. A movie has to be pretty good to make me hate Andrew Garfield because <laughs> he's like the most likable. Per- he's like the right. Eric Himes of Hollywood. Like you can't hate this guy. Oh, it's, <laughs> and, and, it's possible. <laughs> if you're a jerk, but no. Um, so, but Garfield was, was so good in this movie. And like, I loved he, when, I don't know if you bumped on this, Eric, but when he gets up to preach the scripture and he's like, John three, one. And I'm like, all right, Jesus meets Nicodemus. And he's like doing his thing. I was like, no, that's, that's not it. Like, that's, And I was like, I was like, Hannah, like, wait, go back. Like, cause I, I looked it up in my Bible to make sure I was like, is that right? And where's it? No. And I was like, maybe right. he means first John. I was like, that doesn't look right to me either. But it also works because looking back, Tammy is the only one in the room that has her Bible out. Yeah. Like everyone else is just listening. Yeah. Right. So unless they. Yeah. Like she's not just yeah. going to take someone's word. She'll like look for herself. And then I love how like it's, he starts his sermon and immediately moves into like, and God wants to give you a new car right. and he wants <laughs> to give you a this and he wants to give you a that. And I was like, I, I feel like I've heard this sermon like a million times where I'm like, how, how did you get there? <laughs> and you know, it's it's interesting because um, I'm I'm a bit of you know a literatist in some ways. I like the lectionary and, and things like that. So you see how people just kind of take something. It's like this is what I'm supposed to preach on today. I'll work it into like what I want to yeah. talk about. And you know, I thought that it was I thought I felt it was important for the movie to call that out right away. Followed by and I don't remember the details a hundred percent. Followed by the scene where he talks about like how I was driving like an idiot and I almost killed someone, but I almost <laughs> killed them because I was listening to Fats Domino. I was like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> like it has nothing to do with, you know, that you're listening to the radio. It's you were being irresponsible. And I think that there's, you know, we see a lot of that. Like, I feel like the Lord is testing me. It's like, I mean, I feel like maybe you shouldn't be speeding on ice. <laughs> Right, right. No, I think I think how they revealed if you know Jim and Tammy Faye Baker and you go into that movie, they revealed Jim, Jim's true character pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, with that sermon, they hint at it. And then when when he buys the Cadillac, and yeah. they have no money. Oh, yeah. And it's, you know, taken back. But for Tammy, they they 
they make her faith very sweet for a very long time. And for my, for the following her thread, it's not until the very end where I'm like, no, that's her turn. And it made me so mad, me you too. know, like, cause it, cause I felt they were so delicate with her until for the whole way. And it, and that took a lot of effort on their part. I would, I would think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then they, then they, they turn her at the very end. Um, so anyway, I think thought that was interesting uh, development throughout. I really like, especially the scenes at college first, because I didn't go to Bible college. I didn't go to seminary, but I went to very small Christian college in the middle of nowhere. So I, feel, <laughs> I feel like that still speaks to, um, a sense of culture in <laughs> especially dating and taking things, you know, very seriously from the get go. Um, ring by spring culture, if anyone here is familiar about it (laughs) or with it. So that was kind of just fun and a bit nostalgic, but also just to see how they've come together. And I also really enjoyed, I I enjoyed watching the conflict of Tammy coming home married and not telling her mom and seeing how they interact with that and how, you know, the mom is skeptical about what they want to do that she, she doesn't think that they've thought this through that they are just gonna, you know, go out and, minister and it's just not going to work out and i think that that was a nice setup as well for not just their own relationship but for again their ministry as a whole of like you know thinking things through talking about it buying a cadillac without telling her and just kind of surprising her with it right (laughs) and seeing how that you know plays um and then we see movie moves on we see that they rise to um at least local fame pretty quickly Right. Um, get a lot of attendance at their shows and they end up in Virginia and get work at CBN. I thought it was really interesting that never once in the movie that we never got to see the people who were being impacted by it. You know, like we didn't see like a scene where there's someone who's like, you know, my whole life has been changed now because of because of the ministry. And because I think I think and I've heard this from so many Christian artists, they say, you know, I'm not making media for the non-Christians. I'm making it for the Christians, you know, like, because when I was a little bit younger, I, you know, falsely assumed that every Christian movie was made to be evangelical in some sense. And all Christian music was made to be like, you know, someone who doesn't believe will listen to this and want to have a deep relationship with God. Like in my head, I was like, okay, they made God's not dead. So so that some, some, an atheist would accidentally buy a ticket for the movie and then be like, whoa, you know, and realizing now, like even hearing, I forget who the guys are who did fireproof and everything, but hearing them say like, we aren't making movies to like convert non-believers. We're making movies as like sermons for believers. Right. It's one of those things is like, so basically like you, you have no desire to like tell the whole world about how good God is. It's you just want to play like rock star or, you know, TV star in a medium that will let you do it, you know? And it's sad because I think we're called to a higher standard as believers, but we just settle for like, well, this doesn't have to, you know, this doesn't have to be as good because, you know, it's, it's for Sunday school or the church. It's like, and we should be putting effort into all the content we create, I think. Right. No, definitely. I think, yeah. Well, their ambition was to like the, you see the culture wars at play, you know, and that, uh, I'm sure we'll get to it, but like that great scene at the barbecue, uh, where again, like Tammy, like makes, makes a place for herself to exist among these like powerful men. 
um, and just that whole conversation where they're saying, you know, the world, the world is broken and, you know, immoral and it's because of television. And they're like, but we're on television. Yeah. And they're making their own, (laughs) their own culture, like just exactly what you're saying. But then she, you know, she says, they say, you know, now God has a voice in this fight. And I love, this is the best scene in the movie for, for my money. She says, well, who are we fighting? You know, like very Mm -hmm. sweetly, you know, and they say like, you know, uh, Pat Robertson says like, here's a Jerry. It's who's Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah. So like, Oh, by the way, Vincent D'Onofrio, why did he try a Southern accent? Like (laughs) Jim. (laughs) (laughs) He's a great actor, but I was like, you did not nail that, but but thanks for coming. Appreciate it. But you know, like he says, like they're fighting against the liberal agenda, the feminist agenda, the homosexual agenda, you know, and we're going to reverse these trends because of our, our, of our TV, we're going to save America. And then like Tammy, just like, I, I thought this was the sweetest part. She's like, you know, I love America too, but, um, you know, America is for them. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. and, and we want to just love them. We're like, well, we're all the same. We're made from the same dirt and, mm-hmm. and, let's just love them. and, and they're definitely not pleased by that message. But you know, that, that's a radical, that's a radical message even yeah. today. And and especially then, and especially a a woman in the church, you know, who should have been at the table with the other women with their baby, you know, she's making, that's her thread is, you say I don't belong here, but I'm going to make myself belong here. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to walk to that church, even though my mom says no, I'm going to walk to that table, even though my husband says no, I'm going to get on the television, even though my husband says no again. You know, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. she continually yeah. makes that space for her, and then does something good with it, which yeah. is really a redeeming, uh, you know, theme for her. And I, I just I love that so much. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it's so they're kind of in the old mode where it's like let's just have television for us, and she's just like, uh, no, we're going to reach people with this thing. Yeah, yeah, which is a, which is an awesome message. Well, I definitely I agree. I think it, it's probably one of the most powerful scenes in the film. And I love, I think it's, I think it speaks to everyone, to Mm -hmm. non-believers and believers. I think there's something we can take away from it. I love how awkward it is when she's dragging her chair over, because I think it does speak to how awkward, you know, women feel when they're interrupting all of the, yeah, the boys club with, you know, what they have to say, what they, you know, are called to do to, to lead in their own church settings. Um, and I even love when she's in the, in the bathroom with Jim afterwards and they're fighting and she says, I'm not going to tell people who's going to hell. We're in the business of healing people. So I think that's, a exactly. really, yeah, like we, <laughs> that's something we're learning today. Like we have to right. think about that, you know, as believers, that's, that's not our goal. So I think I, I definitely watching it through a second time. I was like, this is really good stuff to like take away from. Um, right. And glad Absolutely. that we're able to, you know, hear that even mm-hmm. from a film perspective that in wasn't made to be specifically for Christians. It's that conflict because you're you're watching it and you're like, yes, like I believe it. I believe that Tammy just loves people and right. I think that's so important. And then it's the immediate switch to how they've built the PTL empire and right. Everyone in the crowd, all of the like flashy dancers and the music, the big productions, how they built, yeah, like an empire 
Mm -hmm. just with, you know, what they were doing at CBN and how that's become the most flashy, notable thing. There's like a shot of like Andrew Garfield riding it on a bicycle, like, yeah. You know, they're they're not just talking about Christianity and religion and all that. They're like selling products. Right. Right. And right. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. You, like you like a penile pump. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> it's just a like bad version of normal TV when they talk about Jesus every now and then. <laughs> like that's, right. But it's but, you know, it's I'm going to go out on a limb here with this comparison. It's like the Disney live action remakes. It's a worse version of something we already have, but it's safe. You know, like, you know exactly what it is. You can bring the kids and it's going to be okay. Like, that, that's that's right. what it is. Yeah. Christian media is John Favreau's The Lion King. <laughs> okay. I, you mentioned the penile pump. I want to come back to that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. I actually thought this is going to sound so weird. I actually thought that was very cool. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because she's breaking down the walls and even her mom's like, I can't believe you would do that. Uh, Right. Right. She's like, people are married and they struggle with (laughs) with these things. And, and they need to know that they can work through them or that they can feel love, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think like, that's, that's a great message and that's a big risk. And I'm like, how did they ever get that on TV? So then I was Googling, I hope my IT people aren't seeing my, it's <laughs> <just> like <laughs> Tammy Faye, penal pump. Like, is this, did that actually happen? Cause I would love to see that because I think that's actually a very forward thinking, very generous and like meeting people where they're at. Like, you know, Christians have a very, and, have a very bad track record with talking and discussing about sexuality. And it's like, you know, she's doing this in 1980 on television, yeah. daytime television. And she, you know, like good for her, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. And if they can break down the stigma of some of these things and, and reach people and help them feel less alone, it's like, that's actually a sacred act. And as weird as that sounds or as weird as it looks like God plus Tammy Faye, you know, I didn't find my search was inconclusive but (laughs) listeners if that is a real thing please uh hit us up in the comments i feel like it has to be a real thing yeah it's so specific it is very specific (laughs) i i agree i really did enjoy the fact that this movie was not shy about sex i mean some of that was cheating but i think also just in general that it was spoken about because and it was all from after they were married which i think is important i think I, I'm a big advocate for talking about sex more within our religion. I think that's important. If we're going to, you know, pr- constantly preach about it being a very sacred thing, a very intimate thing, then we have to prepare people for, you know, why that is, you know, what to expect, what to, you know, prepare for, I guess. So, you know, I, I like that this was highlighted and that we saw that um, in multiple ways. <laughs> right. um, yeah. And, I I think too, just seeing the beginning of PTL, and I, I guess I want to say like the commercialization of Christianity a little bit. Ooh. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I I'm trying to describe how I feel, but I guess more so I'm thinking. You know, are we still calling? Like, I I guess what was their motive behind what they were presenting? Was it supposed to be something that reaches everyone, or was it supposed to be like 
No, we're Christians. We can talk about other stuff too, and we'd be cool. Like you know, like he said, he said it's Johnny Carson for Christians, right? Oh yeah, like he says yeah. that in the movie. It's Johnny Carson for Christians, and I think you were saying the commercialization, and and for me, I think it's the sloganization of Christianity about people like you know trying to condense like the gospel into four minutes, um, or you know, like I, my entire religion is like just based on this one little rhyme that I that I have. What is the Bible? It's basic instructions before leaving Earth. And I'm like, that sounds cool. It what does it mean though? You know? And I, I and I think that there was a, there's been a lot of uh teaching people like here's how you you know respond to people and they say, why do you believe what you believe? I think going back to when we did McGee and me and the episode was about the kid goes to see an R-rated movie. And there's like, okay, well he doesn't get in trouble for sneaking into an R-rated movie. His parents are mad that he saw an R-rated movie, and we don't know why. And we're like, well, this is clearly an episode where they should have been talking about, like, pornography or, or something like that. But focus on the family, which I would say is an offshoot in one way or another of this. Yeah. You right. know, they said, don't talk about it. And if you don't talk about it, it doesn't exist. So I feel like in the – and I feel like it swings the other way. And you kind of see that in this movie, and I love that. I loved that you saw in this movie. But also, if you do say something, it does exist. Like all those times when Jim Baker's like, we are being attacked by so many, by so many not the secular whatever. I was like, bro, you're not paying your bills. And they're they're going to have to pay your bills. And and again, uh, we're watching it. And I was like, Hannah, this reminds me of the Stephen Furtick thing. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. So I've been feeling sorry for myself lately because they told me this news reporter is trying to do this story where he wants to make our church look bad. Then he described his multi-million dollar home as, quote, not that great. Well, me and Holly this year, we are building a house. We've been looking for a piece of land to build a house for our family for a long time. So I'm like building this house and I'm really excited about it and everything. But then I found out, this is crazy, the news tried to fly this chopper over our house. The people that are building that told us, they're flying a chopper over your house. I'm thinking to myself, first of all, it's not that great of a house. I mean, I'm sure there's better houses if you just got to fly a chopper over somebody's house. But it started to mess with me a little bit. And then I started to get a little self-pity because I was like, God, now this ain't right because I didn't even build that house with money from the church. I built it with money from my books. And I gave money to the church from the books. And you start getting real defensive and being like, this ain't right. This ain't right. I, I'm sorry, but there's something wrong with that and he also never like said how much money he was making like as the head pastor there was no like file and he also but then he said like well all this is from my books that i that i've sold but also never said how much he was making from the books and that you know that the books weren't going into the church ministry or whatever and then he got up and he was like i'm i'm really under attack because they're flying overhead to film my house and i'm really worn down in my spirit And, you know, it's kind of like, dude, you're being shady with money. And I don't know if I, I don't, I haven't given this enough thought, but I thought it was interesting. Someone brought up like, well, you read about Jesus flipping temple tables and it's because people are being abusive with money. So, you know, when you think about this, it's like, would Jesus be walking into PTL, like flipping the tables where they're like collecting donations and stuff? Like it's, I, I think it's worth considering. I don't think Tammy's a perfect person, but I do believe, well, yeah, no one is. (laughs) But like, I don't know. I I believe that there was a lot, and they explore this later in the film that she didn't know about. 
you know, especially with right. the finances that she was, you know, left in the dark for a lot of it. So in my mind, she's doing this and she's just having a great time. Like she's just right. doing what she loves. Yeah. And I think that's why you see those interactions with people of how she's so excited about what they're doing because it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's an outlet for her. It's right. a way for her to do ministry and to be creative. And, and for her to make music. terrible music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Some of those are solo bops. <laughs> yeah. Eric, I guess the question is, um, lyrically, how are those songs <laughs> from a songwriting perspective? Oh, man. Well, I, I have the... Uh, don't give up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we are oh. blessed. We are blessed. <laughs> yeah, Don't give like, up on the brink of a miracle. Yeah, yeah. we're on we're, yeah. we're on the brink yeah. of a miracle. Yeah, That's, <laughs> like I have it in my head, and I was singing it to my family, and, and very annoyingly. Um, but you think about like that message, like are you know, we? there's there's a tension there because it's like, is that truth? Yeah, and it's like. Uh, yes, <laughs> in, in a sense, yes. Um, does it speak to the human condition? Yes. Like, is it catchy? Yes. Um, but then, like, what's it, what's the motive? You know, and yeah. that's really what we're trying to get to all the to the bottom of her music and the bottom of all the things he built. You know, um, you know, I can I can get behind strategic investment because I I want people to know Jesus too. Like, I want people I want everyone to know him i I want everyone to hear the gospel um and the fact that and that's why you know uh jerry falwell you know character was just kind of like you're reaching how many people like millions like whatever it was six million Mm. people you know and and he was kind of you could tell he coveted that and what was their motive well their motive i I believe there was there was truth in there like they they had somewhat of a pure intention and then it just totally went sideways mm-hmm. um in jim first and then tammy too you see this is like you see her buying into the you know the things she wants the the coats and the you know you, you see at that first party where she sees the wife with the mink and she's looking at that coat yeah. and it's like that's like the first kind of uh glimpse into her like coveting the thing the the good things of life or whatever the extravagances mm-hmm. this world offers but i thought you know, you know, she was saying she, her mom is challenging her. She's like, they're saying this and that. And, and, um, and she's like, no, no, like we we're helping kids, we're helping orphans. We're building houses. And like, and then you saw these montages where they're sending missionaries a bunch of money and they're actually, yeah. there's enough truth in there that they can get away with a bunch of lies mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. right? in a sense. And it's a very uh, slippery slope. I mean, for, for you know, and then I, uh, the introspective question is: How often do I do that? How how often do I sell yeah. out, or mm-hmm. I'm in, inauthentic to my faith in order to achieve something? I'm the Enneagram three, so that's like that's like <laughs> my constant, you know, loop. I have to continually check my motivation. Like, why am I trying to uh, look a certain way or come off a certain way? Is it because I want to genuinely love a person, or is it because I? I'm struggling because I I want to be seen as good in their eyes, you yeah. know, and that's like, that's a big question. You know, it's like, why did they get millions of dollars? Well, they did actually reach millions of homes and they did actually preach the gospel. 
And yet the motive for Jim, you see very quickly was for his own benefit. And then Tammy falls into it too. And everyone else around him, because money eventually will corrupt completely. Um, And the only one who's a stalwart of it is like the mom, basically, except for she does accept that coat. And then she does keep it (laughs) until the very end, which I kind of appreciate that of her actually. (laughs) But um, you you see the father too, like he, or the stepfather, like he, you, he, you don't hear him say anything the whole movie, you know, and I just I actually, you know, you don't think anything of that character until the very end. I'm jumping ahead, but I love how the first thing he says is like, I never have to go to church again. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Is yeah. he like just quietly did not believe in any of it? The small town version, the mega church version or whatever, the televangelist version. He's like, no, it's not for me. Well, it's it's interesting because you brought up that the mom keeps the, and I hadn't thought about this until you brought it up, the mom keeps the coat and you think about it and you're like, Tammy and Jim lose everything, like everything they lose. But the mom is able to like hold on to like the one thing that like she was given because it meant something to her. And the one thing she didn't even like, that she, or she, yeah, yeah, she didn't want. But still like that. It, yeah. But it's like, but it meant something to her. Yeah. And so it's like, so was that you know what did any of that stuff mean to you that you it's just gone you know it's it's just gone like yeah yeah it's it's powerful and it's uh it's it's a lot to, yeah. to, to think about yeah just moving a little forward in the plot yeah, like yeah. you really see once tammy is pregnant with their second child and oh gosh i can't even remember his name is it gary gary, gary that's yes. okay. gary Tammy and Gary share an intimate moment. She's sent to the hospital. She's about to give birth. And Jim finds out it's so hard for me to watch that scene. I think the acting is absolutely incredible. Um, But I think right then and there, you see that switch. I think it's the scene right after it where she's back at home with the baby. The baby starts crying. She's like ringing the bell. Jim's not coming up. And so she goes downstairs to like get some cake. And she's like, you see that resentment in her eyes Mm -hmm. and i think that just starts this whole build to the climax of like everything that's going wrong you see that you know he makes her publicly admit to the affair on television as a way to earn money a public flogging as you called it zach um yeah you know you know it's interesting and it reminds me of like the wise man builds his house upon the rock the foolish man builds his house upon the sand and it's like you see jim baker like built his house on the sand you know on you know there was nothing solid or you know sturdy and i think that's why you see with like the smallest crack everything just comes tumbling down yeah i thought that was jim is her trigger throughout the the movie when someone doesn't work with jim you see it you see it first like when he's on tv and she's not and she's in bed eating bonbons you know like literally chocolate bonbons and you see it in that scene too and then when he rejects her the third time then she runs to the drugs you know and that's you know then that whole addiction to i think it's ativan or whatever um but you see that like Again, like they make her very sympathetic, which I think is very sweet, but that her intentions are pure, you know, like she wants yeah. to just yeah. love this man and spread the gospel and, and wear a little makeup, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> well and well you even see it in the scene where she uh where she interviews I didn't write it down, but the pastor from California, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Right. When she interviews him and you know he's talking through his trauma. 
Right. And she's like, so like, you know, I just, I just want to hug you and I just want to like love on you. And it cuts to Falwell and he's just like, what is happening? You know, like, I can't believe it. And revolutionary like interview, I'm assuming. I mean, I can only tell from the weight of the movie that Mm. this whole part of the film, I'm so torn because I can see how Tammy's hurting herself, that she's letting, you know, that resentment and fear like really get to her. Yeah. By, you know, taking, you know, abusing those substances for her own self, you know, and really letting Jim's actions get the best of her and also not knowing what Jim's really doing or when she accidentally sees them making fun of her and him like joking around with his groupies right. and, you know, that intimate moment he has with Fletcher his as well. You know, you see, she sees all that she knows and, and you can see that hurt again, you know, that she doesn't do everything right either. But then you also see the side where she genuinely does love people. And she has this like interview where she says she wants to put her arm around this guy, yeah. which is huge for where the yeah. AIDS movement was at that time. Yeah. Yeah. But you see the impact of that. You know, this is an openly gay Christian man who has AIDS. Total outcast, except for it, you know, his parents still loved him. And that's actually a very dangerous message to the fundamental Christian. Mm. That is why, you know, uh, Falwell does not want that to be heard. We can embrace our children. You know, like (laughs) we we actually, that's a very dangerous message. And then she says, I want to embrace you. And Mm, and that's a beautiful thing. And you see the impact in the next scene where she's, you know, you know, in her bed and she has a nurse who they, you know, they portray as gay and, and he's saying, oh, my friends will, can't believe yeah. that they'll be so excited that I met you and thank you. You know, mm-hmm. you see that that she is actually bearing fruit in communities that need to be loved. And she is living out her faith authentically and yeah. in front of everyone. She's not hiding the fact that she wants to love a gay man who has AIDS. She's saying it on public television. You know, yeah. the Christian leaders, quote unquote, are backstage, you know, hissing about it. But she's mm-hmm. just walking out obediently the love of Christ, which is really, I just think that those those scenes with her are just like, man, she really is on on the money here. And everything else around her and even the things that she's bought into, you know, um, make it challenging to understand, to reconcile some of these things. But yeah, that is a bold message. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think those moments impact where her influence still was prevalent later in her life after she was off television, you know, her friendship with RuPaul, as I <laughs> we briefly touched on earlier. And even, you know, when I do watch drag race, there's a lot of the time contestants will some, I, there was one who even had like a tattoo of her on their arm or, you know, people have like portrayed her and they, they speak so highly of her. And it's, you know, this is also a show where you hear a lot of people talk about their own religious trauma so I think that hearing people in the LGBTQ plus community speak about a positive influence that is a Christian, I think is so powerful and just says to us, maybe, you know, we don't have to bring up someone's sexuality when we talk to them. We can just love them as right. people. And I think, yeah, I, all, I could speak about this for a long time, <laughs> but I think it's, it's a powerful thing that we can take away from that. You know, we don't have to. Yeah. Bring it up, you know? <laughs> you know, just love people. But God is love. God is love. And 
anyway, moving on. <laughs> um, so I guess, you know, that scene where they just, it, it all comes out. The scandal comes out. Jim tells Tammy about what's happened, about the money, about the bribing. Uh, the affair. Yeah. Hard stuff to watch and take mm-hmm. in. Um, but also the reality, you know, Tammy is finding out everything that, Jim's done and I've written I've written down a quote about how Jim approached telling her was to basically gaslight her and put all the blame yep. on her for cheating initially with Gary about you know like Fletcher set this up after you did what you did with Gary I hated it you know and and mm-hmm. talking about how he assaulted this woman you know like and now she's calling in and and you know the cover the story's going to be out money all this stuff and then you know leading into how they've decided they have to go public with it they have to face this and uh Fowell's gonna help them quote unquote um yeah it was yeah. It, it was one of those things like again i was very upset when we were watching this in the theater but um it was the thing when he was like i hated it i'm like it's the exact same thing you were saying about like when you hit the kid with your car like you're making it about something else, but you're never saying that you did it, you know? And it's like, and, and you did like, you need to, you need to. Yeah. And you know um, what? I know that I don't actually, I don't know. I think that this can be kind of a polarizing figure, but like Andy Stanley, like has a thing where he says like, we love to say like, I made a mistake or something like that. And he's like, and we don't call it like sin. You know, it's like Falwell doesn't say like, I sinned. I did something bad. It was like you said. He gaslights her. He's like, after you sinned, some somebody right. else set right. something up for me, and I hated it. And you know, and it was a I mistake. It's like, yeah. yeah, it's like you it need to like, yeah, it's like you need to take stock and yeah. like you need to confess. Like, I think that's why the Bible says so often, like we need to confess our sins because you know it's like the most dangerous lies are the ones that we tell ourselves. So, right. you know. Yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no clean, uh, there's no contrite heart on the part of Jim. He says, "Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I did it after what you did with Gary." You know, yeah. yeah. At one time, you know, <laughs> a guy kissed your neck. I embezzled millions of dollars over a long period of time. <laughs> I hated it. I hated exactly. It. I cried in the bathroom. So, so. <laughs> And it's a mat- it's the question is which version of toxic Christianity are we willing to live with? Yeah. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. And that's the the answer is that it is the Jerry Falwell version. Yeah. It is, it is the it's it's not the charismatic version, you know, or it's <laughs> not the prosperity gospel version. At least from from the perspective that I sit in, those things make me uncomfortable based on the way I view Christianity and faith and all that kind of stuff. I mean, in in a sense, not not really, but like. Yeah, I'm very bothered. Like, this is the switch in my own personal life, my own, like, theological thoughts and whatever and Christian culture and whatever. It's like the last few years, it's been like, I'm not so bothered by the Benny Hins of the world, even though I don't really understand that. But I'm really bothered by the Christian nationalist people, the people that are around the president's table and shaking his hand and whoever, you know, the people that are clinging to political power and hugging the flag and using scripture out of context to justify the military, like president Biden 
did recently to use Isaiah 6 to say as a call to people to join the military. It's like, Ooh. that's Christian nationalism. Sorry, Joe. Oh. Not a big fan of that. Or, or yeah. you know, any other politician. It's interesting, like the political thing, which is like, now I'm getting into the weeds. Um, the narrative is we need, Christians need a, uh, we need a victor. Like we need someone that's going to get our back because we're yeah. feeling threatened and our way of life is in disarray, you know, just like it was around that barbecue table you know we need to get back to the good old days is what they mm-hmm. wanted to do and you know whatever 1970 we we want to get back to those days as well and it's just like the it's so disruptive and gross where it's like well the bible says the kingdom of god is forcefully advancing mm. so do we really need a president to back us up or do yeah. we need a president to lead the charge or do we need a television network to you know, get all this money or whatever, or power prestige, or can we just trust that God's at work and try to partner with him where, where he's working, which is the answer, but it's mm. so tempting power and all these other things. It's like, no, we need, we're feeling threatened here, but it's like the, uh, there's a poll recently where it's like 90% of all politicians identify as Christian, like across the board. I'm not even talking about political party, just all the people in Washington say they're Christians anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and why do, you, why do they have to do that? Right. Like, yeah. Are they all Christians? Like even statistically, that doesn't match up with like actual numbers of, you know, pe- actual Christians who are consistently participating in a faith, a life of mm. faith. Yeah. That's weird that those numbers are more. Why? Oh, cause they needed Christianity to get their power and we need their power to prop up our faith. And that's all of that is just such a false premise. And I'm skipping ahead to the end because. Yeah, yeah. No, go ahead. <laughs> I was so mad because in the, the barbecue scene, she's saying, I love America, but, you know, I love we need to love people more. And, and America's for everybody, you know, and, and she's so broken by the end and so wanting. She's so thirsty to be welcomed back into the church that she's like, it's a total Christian nationalism thing it's the battle hymn of the republic it's the big flag being unfurled and everyone and saying these things yeah and, and i'll confess i watched this movie and i fell asleep the first time <laughs> I, I i liked it and then like the last 15 minutes i just passed out and then today i yeah. watched it and i was like what is this scene like i don't <laughs> remember this at all and it's the end and like she had me too she's on this she's on a, the solo spotlights on her She's she's humbly like getting up in front of these people. No one's buying into what she's selling. She quotes yeah. Psalm 91. I'm actually like moved to tears. I'm like, that's awesome. You know, like God is there for her. He, she, he's protecting her. He's under his wings. And then she's like, battle him of the Republic. You know, yeah. let's yeah. go. Full gospel choir. All these people, people are standing <laughs> up because she's saying, you know, thank you, Lord, for the United States of America. Thank you, Lord, that we live in this wonderful country. God bless America. And then the final words are hallelujah. Oh, yeah. well folks it's about that time where we're going to use our manners just like when they offered you more diet coke in your church's fellowship hall uh when i offer you more of uh the eyes of tammy faye i i'd like for you to give me a yes please or a no thank you for me it's it's interesting because I, I feel this movie achieved what I want to achieve with this podcast, which is a, a show that doesn't tell people 
how to think, but that just kind of presents all the facts and lets people, you know, take it for what it is and make their own decisions. Uh, you know, and I really liked that the movie did that. I saw some people criticize it for not going hard enough against any particular people or for kind of sitting on the fence too much, but I felt like the movie presented everything and then let you make the decision. And I mean, I am also just really moved by a movie that asks, what if we loved our neighbors? <laughs> you know, because like right. that's it, it gets into like at at the end of the day, like it's it's all about the, the relationships that you had. It's like they didn't have a good relationship with Falwell. And, you know, so, of course, that that fell apart for them. She didn't have a great relationship with her husband and that fell apart for her. And, you know, at the end of the movie, she ends up alone, but she still is loving people. So, I, you know, as a believer, I'm really moved by a movie that is saying, you know, all these other people they lost everything and like went to jail and are now like, you know, people who you, you hear Jerry Falwell and, and Pat Robinson, you kind of go, Oh, you roll your eyes and, and stuff like that. But a movie that's a, you know, I think it's saying it reminds you of scripture. You can, you know, speak all these different languages and you can do all these crazy things, but if you don't have love, ultimately it's nothing. And so for a movie to kind of hit that so hard, I, you know, and well, not so hard, but because it was pretty subtle, but to kind of like keep softly dinging that bell, I thought was uh, really powerful. And like, I would like to see more Christian media like this. I don't know if Michael Showalter is a believer or not, but it doesn't matter. I don't think he is. <laughs> but no, I don't uh, think so. Yeah. But, you know, it's kind of like maybe y'all should take notes and. You know, tell more stories like this about right. when we haven't been great and when we've dropped the ball and when we've made mistakes. It's like we have to own that because we're being called into question for it about what about when this happened. And it's not good enough for us to just say, like, you know, well, it's not like that anymore. Like, we have to love our neighbors and we have to love one another. And, you know, I'm very grateful that this movie exists. I hope that people watch it with an open mind. Um, and yes, please, I... I love Diet Coke. I want it all. And yeah. <laughs> uh, Eric, what, what about you? Yeah, I think, well, you, you both mentioned Showalter. And I wanted to say I love Michael Showalter. Me too. Big Stella fan. I love the sketch <laughs> show that he was in forever ago. I watched I Michael him. and Michael have issues when that was on TV. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Went out American <laughs> Summer. I love yeah. that brand. And the yeah. fact, like, he could have made, again, he could have made this very comedic the whole yeah. way through. Could have done the Righteous Gemstones approach to Tammy and Jim Baker, and he didn't. And um, again, I just feel like, j just like what you're echoing what you're saying, that, um, or what, you know, I was thinking about what Paul says in Philippians, and this is a dangerous uh, text from Philippians 1 where he says, yes, uh, some preach the gospel out of false motives, mm -hmm. and some preach out of pure motives. And what does it matter? The important thing is that the way that, Christ is being preached. It's like, wait a second. Mm. Like you should actually be saying it matters greatly and let's be true to the, mm. the gospel. <laughs> and yet he presents a very dangerous thing that we see play out in this movie. Some are preaching the gospel out of pure motives. So you'd say Tammy's doing that. Um, and consistently some out of impure and Jim to an extent as well. But then he has his fall, you know, from grace or whatever, it, whatever it is. And then you see some of our unpure motives, they're clinging to power, they're building king, their own kingdoms, 
And it's like, wow, I wish that there was more. <laughs> I'm not a fundamentalist, but I wish there's more judgment against those type of things. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, yeah. um, and it is clear. I mean, Christ is very clear how we should follow, how we should serve the parent. Like, you know, he rejected power every time he was present- tempted with it consistently. Um, and you see the dangers of that. So I'm, I'm appreciative for that message as well. But yeah, I would say definitely yes, please. Um, not not perfect, a little clunky in a, in a few places. Um, uh, but Jessica Chastain, like, also just want to say, super great actress. Like, yeah, yeah. just and, and like underrated somehow. She's been like, in bad time, movies, but she's never bad. Exactly. Yeah. And every yeah. time I see her, I'm like, holy cow, like, she's amazing. And yeah. she's amazing in this as well. So yeah, and grateful. And she's the one who like produced it and like bought the rights and like for whatever reason, she like she's not that old either. But like she saw Tammy Faye as a child, and it would be really easy for her to be like, "Yeah, let's let's roast this lady." Yeah, <laughs> and right. she didn't. You know, let's get her. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I, yeah, yeah, definitely yes, please. Yeah, for yeah. me. And uh, Hannah, I'm gonna say yes. Um, yes, please. I love analyzing this movie. I think there's so much you can take away from it. Um, I also think it's just, yeah, great acting. I love Jessica Chastain. I think Andrew Garfield does a really great job as well. I love his accent. I think the, the one line that he says, it's in the trailer where he goes, like, if, if you just donated your pledges for one month, like the way that he just says one month, like plays on repeat in my head all the time. Um, but I also think like the costuming's great, the makeup's fantastic the way that they just transformed jessica was amazing and i think when it comes to the actual film yeah i've heard some criticism as well of i wish they kind of poked a little bit more fun at the religion and i I wish the movie got its 40 lashes yeah, yeah i i see where people are coming from there but i also think that because they didn't um it's it's true to what their story is and i think also because it it doesn't make fun of religion i think for believers they can watch this and really take away something powerful you know of of yeah that self-awareness of do i do stuff like this like i might not have embezzled money but do i treat people poorly like you know how am i using my religion to hurt or to you know advance my own success i think that's something that all believers have to evaluate in themselves so I think this movie creates a really great space to consider what that can look like, um, not just publicly, but in our own relationships as well. So I love this. I, I, I hope more movies like this are made of, of other prominent Christian people, if applicable. But <laughs> um, I'm going to direct the Stephen Furtick yeah, movie. Well, maybe we'll see the Stephen Furtick story <laughs> in a few years. <laughs> But this yes, summer, yes. Joseph Gordon Levitt is Stephen Furtick. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a journey talking about everything that's happened, but nonetheless, a great time. We want to thank our very special guest, Eric, for joining us today. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you for having me. It was great. Love what you guys are doing. I really, I really do appreciate it. It's, it's great. Thank, Thank you. you. Is there anything that you want to plug before we go? Oh boy. I would like to plug um, a Chicago artist, a street artist by the name of Penny Pinch. Uh, if you uh, search for him on Instagram, um, 
Penny Pinch, uh, Chicago, I think. And he's a really, when we think about art and going into spaces that, that may seem weird um, for the gospel to be presented, I'm really proud to know this artist who goes into all sorts of places in Chicago and uh, makes beautiful, redemptive art consistently. And I'm really inspired by that. And I, I think, you know, in the vein of Tammy Faye, who took her ministry into places you didn't expect, um, this, uh, this artist does that. So I want to plug Penny Pinch. Usually, listening audience, at the end you hear uh, our song "Godfellows Never Say Say Die." But when we have musical guests, I like to uh, you know plug some of their their music so that you can you can listen to it. And Eric wrote uh, a really uh, oh, this is gonna get weird for a second. He wrote a really really beautiful song called "Let Nothing Be Wasted." And th- there was um, there have been a few trying seasons in my life where I've just driven around in my car with that song like literally on loop on Spotify. Spotify just mm. over and over again because it's it's very meaningful to me and it's it's very powerful so uh, I just wonder if you, you could give like a brief uh, description of your heart behind the song sure so I think um, actually I should clarify like co-wrote it with Phil Lager a good friend and a musical hero of mine mm. um, it was definitely born out of a, of a difficult time in my own life and it's like the the best worship songs are like ones that you that are hard to sing and I don't mm. mean like uh, where you sing with a lump in your throat, where mm. it takes faith to to express. And this is a prayer for me where, from my heart, um, where it's, it's basically saying, you know, what is God's perspective, redemptive perspective on my suffering? And if he can use my suffering and do some good in the world, let nothing be wasted. It comes from the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000, and, it, you know, he multiplies the loaves of, and fishes, and yet, and you think that's the miracle, that's the end of this awesome thing. And then he says to the disciples, now go take baskets and take all the leftovers and put it in the basket. And, and he says, let nothing be wasted. And you think about these things where it's just like, why did he do that? Like, why did he pick up the scraps of this mm. miracle? Um, I don't know. I don't know why he did it. It made it, made it better in my mind. It, it speaks to me now. But for all of us, you know, in this season of, of pandemic and all unrest upon unrest and confusion, chaos, um, to, to say to God, like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't understand why this is so difficult. I don't understand why it hurts. I don't, I don't, I don't know yet why I'm suffering. But God, please let nothing be wasted. Please use this to do some good. In, in my heart and in, in the world. So that's really the prayer. And it's an upbeat thing too, because not everything has to be so serious. Although I do love a sad worship song, but uh, <laughs> this, this is an upbeat prayer of, of hope and saying, and even getting to the, of the bridge says, you know, we are pressed, but not crushed. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are struck down, but not destroyed. Like, like God, mm-hmm. um, thank you. You know, even though it's hard, you're with us and please, Please use this to do some good. All right, Zach, do you have anything you want to plug? No. <laughs> right. uh, no, I, I would I would like to plug next week's episode. Yeah. <laughs> I feel I feel like such a, a doofus coming off of this like very serious, like thoughtful conversation. 
Next week we're gonna we're gonna be talking about Joseph King of Dreams, <laughs> the uh, the, Diz, the the DreamWorks animated movie starring Ben Affleck and Mark Hamill. Uh, we're, we're gonna be talking about that. I haven't rewatched it yet, so I don't know how I feel about it. But um, Mitch and Olivia are gonna be back for that one. Uh, so I mean it's it's gonna be pretty lively. But yeah, no, just uh, if you could hit the show with some love, uh, you know, give us a rating and review. Uh, you know, people ask for that a lot, but it really does help us. So yeah. Also, uh, and you know, for more Godfellas content, you can listen to us where you get your podcasts or follow us on at Godfellas, the pod. Um, again, that is at Godfellas, the pod on Instagram, on Instagram. And um, also, since Mitch isn't here, we'll plug his LinkedIn for him. Well, until next time, folks, I've been Mr. Zach. I've been Miss Hannah. And I'm still Mr. Eric. <laughs> <laughs>
nothing be wasted